Tri-State's number one motorsports talk show. Today's program is brought to you in part by our marketing partners. Recognized by the Eastern Motorsports Press Association as one of the top racing shows in the Eastern United States, here's Rappin' on Racing. Say does that star-spangled This is the banker Bob thought for this evening. If it is true that we are the only intelligent life in the universe, I think the universe aimed rather low and settled for very little. Good afternoon and welcome once again to Rappin' on Racing. This is the June 6th edition. Guests include Coca-Cola 600 winner Ryan Blaney, Tyler Harris will have all the highlights from Thursday and Saturday at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. He also has victory lane comments from A.J. Flick, Tim Schaefer, and John Mollick. Vince Laboon, the promoter of the 12th annual Ed Laboon Memorial Race at Pittsburgh, will highlight all the details of this very special race. Dave Murdick shares his 2023 season information and talks about his new project with his Western Pennsylvania Racing School. We will listen to Carl Murdick's 2009 Hall of Fame induction service. Jerry Gappins, the general manager from Eldora Speedway, discusses the highlights of the upcoming 29th Dirt Late Model Dream with Lenny Baticki from PRN. Jim Zufall has comments from a couple of very special women in racing with Carly Miller and Melissa Daly. Howie Bayless has a Victory Lane interview with Daryl Lanigan. Daryl won the Jess Sturbotzel Memorial and picked up 10 grand in the process. Howie also has a nice interview with Jennerstown Speedway late model feature winner Owen Haup. This was from a few weeks ago. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. All right, we're going to continue with our post-race press conference. We've now been joined by our race winner of the Coca-Cola 600, which is Ryan Blaney, driver of the number 12 Body Armor Cherry Lime Aid Ford for Team Penske. Ryan, congratulations on that win, winning the Coca-Cola 600, but also giving Roger Penske um, a Coca-Cola 600 win along with his Indy 500 win yesterday. Tell us a little bit about today. We had to wait a little bit to actually get this race going, but tell us a little bit about today and just really what it means to bring home that Coca-Cola 600 victory for your team. Yeah, um, you know, obviously a big weekend, uh, you know, for Team Penske and uh, watching the Indy 500 yesterday, um, you know, how that played out and watching Joseph win his first one and Watching Mr. Penske win number 19, that's, uh, you know, really cool to see. And 
um, you know, especially when that stuff happens, you're like, well, all right, the pressure's on for us to try to sweep, you know, the weekend, especially in, in two really big races. So uh, that was the goal. And, and fortunately, you know, we, we executed well enough to get it done. And I, I'm really looking forward to talking to Roger uh, here after I get done uh, back to the bus because, uh, you know, I haven't congratulated him enough and, and I'm looking forward to, to hearing his voice. So uh, big weekend and obviously winning the 600 is massive. I, I, uh, I grew up coming here watching my dad race for a long time as a kid and uh, it was just what we did, uh, you know, every summer and um, really cool. And it was cool for my parents to be here as well. So uh, that was a special moment and uh, fun night. That's for sure. It's uh, Monday races seem to go really well for me. I don't know what it is, but uh, definitely a fun night. All right. We're now going to continue for questions. If you have a question, there are several. We will work to get our microphone to you. We'll start with Jordan. We'll go to Lee. Jordan Bianchi, The Athletic. Uh, 59 races since your last points win. Does that feel like an eternity at times? can. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, I try not to think about that uh, very much. Um, you know, we try to win every week, and it's hard to do. It's hard to win these races, and um, sometimes you just get in these streaks of things just aren't going right um and then you feel like you're doing everything right maybe your cars aren't fast enough to win races or you're making too many mistakes it, it can definitely be frustrating and it's easy to get down on yourself when you don't win and uh you know you got to think to yourself can i still do it can i still compete at a winning level and so it's easy to kind of you know doubt yourself um so um but at the end of the day we all pulled together and, and everyone at the 12 group did a good job of working on things you know that, that we could get better and um but yeah it does it does feel like an eternity but i told i told jonathan and all those guys i said what a cool first one to get together i mean winning the 600 that is that is a super cool one to win and um looking forward to seeing those guys later on when you have those moments of self-doubt what what do you do to kind of pull yourself out of it um yeah, I mean, everyone deals with them a little differently. And um, I'm not the most self-confident person out there to begin with. Um, and so when, when I do get in doubt uh, of your abilities to do something, it's really hard to pull yourself out of it, at least for me personally, just because I just don't have that uh, self-confidence that some guys have. And, and it takes me a little bit more convincing. So um, I don't know. I, I don't really have anything for it. I just always you know try to look forward to the next week and, and just try to reassure yourself like you know you're here for a reason you know if you try to work on these things uh and and try to perfect what you do that's all you can do and that's kind of how i've approached it but uh yeah it's easy to get down that's for sure and it's how you kind of dig yourself out of that stuff and uh kind of makes you but yeah the moments aren't good but it's nice to be back and hopefully we can make it more of a common thing um, five laps to go. You're pulling away. You've got the lead. Are you thinking that what's going to go wrong next? How how are we going to lose this race that we should win? Yeah, I figured there was going to be a yellow, and we had to survive another restart. And, um, and I, you know, we I, I wanted green flag runs. I thought our car was really good on on green flag runs. And you know, kind of at the end of that thing, the 45 and I were probably the best two cars. Um, I don't know what happened to him at the very end, but he and I, the 19 was really good at the end of the third stage too. But um, I thought he was my biggest competition. I raced around William a lot. Uh, but, yeah, with five to go, I was like, there's going to be yellow, and I'm going to have to fend off another restart. You never know what can happen. But, fortunately, it went green. All right, Lee. Lee Spencer, CatchFence.com. Um, Reddick hit the wall. That's kind of what happened. Um, when's the last time you had a car that was that hooked up? Yeah, I mean, it's um, 
we did a great job tonight. I mean, from the drop of the green flag, we were really fast. And um, we also did a great job of adjusting to the racetrack as it got darker, as the track temp cooled off. We did a good job of adjusting. I wasn't very good um, in the third stage where we won it. You know, the 19 to the 45 were all over me. And we did a good job of kind of getting over the hurdle of, okay, we need to be you know, way tightened up to be, you know, competitive again. And we did did that. So, um, yeah, I mean, we, this year, I feel like our mile and a half programs, uh, we haven't been that competitive. And I think it's kind of well known. But uh, we did a good job tonight of bringing a really fast car and, and keeping it up front and adjusting on it. So. Have you worked at all on your restarts? My restarts? Uh can only work on them on the race weekend, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, you try to perfect all that stuff and try to not make mistakes. But, um, yeah, I feel like I've always been a decent restarter, uh, but, and we got some good ones tonight. Uh, Bob Parker's Fox Wars. I'm curious, have you, did you talk to Joseph Newgarden at all in the last day? No, I texted him. Uh, I bet he's got 8,000 text messages. But uh, I texted him after the race on Sunday and said congratulations and all that stuff. And, and um texted with Roger and Walt and, and Bud Danker and Tim Sindrick, but uh, no, I haven't had a chance to call. I don't even think he's texted me back. Joseph, he might have texted me back after I won too, but uh, I haven't spoken to Joseph yet. All right, we're going to go to Kelly and then Mike. Okay, Mike's, it's Kelly and then a Mike up front here in the blue to Mike Hembry. KellyCrandallRacer.com. Ryan, you went into the grandstands, obviously taking a lesson out of Joseph's book. Would you have done that had you not seen him do it? Uh... <laughs> No, I, I only did it because Joseph did it, and um, I was pretty fired up. Um, I, don't get, I don't get that excited very often, but I was super pumped, and um, you know, I, I loved how Joseph did it yesterday, and I was shocked. Uh, I wasn't shocked, but uh, really pleased when I turned around and did the little victory lap thing of how many people were still in the stands. I was packed, and I couldn't believe it, and... Um, Appreciate everyone sticking around, but I saw how excited they were. And you know what? I'm going to go on stands like Joseph did and, and have some human contact after five hours of not having it. So uh, that was a lot of fun. I mean, the excitement level of the fans uh, makes us feel good as competitors. And uh, it was it was really cool to do that. And I think uh, some of it was because Joseph did it. Some of it was showing my appreciation. Uh, but, yeah. Going up there and doing that was something that's unfamiliar to you. Can you just talk more about what that experience was like? Can you hear what they were saying? I don't know if you still had your helmet on or anything. So just what that whole experience was like when you're – you haven't done that before. Uh, yeah, no, no, I haven't. Um, no, I have my helmet off. Um, I can only describe it as uh, I have some experience in it, actually. I go to metal shows every now and then, and that's like a mosh pit at a metal show. It's very similar to that. There was no one swinging haymakers, but – uh, it was very similar to that. That's probably the only thing I can compare it to was a metal show mosh pit with people cheering for you. So it was even better. So it was good. Oh, oh yeah, it was very good things. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mike. No matter how good your pit stops were, Byron had that first slot and he kept squirting out in front. You had the best car, but you had to come back from fourth. You had numerous restarts. Was the car much better at the end of the race and earlier? Or how did all that work? Um, I, I don't know if it was much better at the end of the race than what I was like at the midway break. I, I, my short, our short runs were really strong. Um, and even like, you know, 30 laps into the round, I'd kind of start getting free and I'd have to kind of really manage my stuff. And, um, 
you know, just got a couple good restarts and was able to get to the front row. That was the biggest thing is getting to the front row because I raced William multiple times where, you know, he was running fourth or fifth and got the lead on the pit stall and I was, you know, inside row and, and was able to clear him into three. And so my biggest thing to myself, I was like, I just got to get back to the front row and I could then race William Ford at least. And I think I have a better car than him. I can clear him if I can just be even with him. Um, and then once we got the lead with that quick caution, I felt even better about it. Then I can control the restart and I can know I can pick the top lane and and really, you know, have him at a deficit. So um, I wouldn't say our car got a lot better. Just, um, you know, made good ground on some restarts. Jared Haas with FrenchStretch.com. Arguably your best season is 2021 when you had three wins and the best average finish. And with this win, it almost mirrors that 2021 season. How does this season compare to the 2021 season that you had? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, everyone's different. I um, I remember some of the things about the, that season. You know, obviously the wins you remember and then the, the unfortunate parts you remember. Um so, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'd say before tonight, uh, maybe I haven't felt as competitive as far as, like, speed-wise. I feel like we've been behind, you know, Hendrick and, and Gibbs have been really good. Um, I feel like we were a touch off of them up until this point. I thought tonight we did an amazing job of, you know, competing with them and, boom, and beating them. Um, so, yeah, it's hard to compare to 21. Um, I'd like to get a few more wins, and then maybe I can compare it and make it even better. But but this is a, definitely a fun one. Steve Schweitzer with the Lasco Press. The last two years, Ryan, you've had to answer a lot of tough questions. What happened this time? How did that one get away? Um, you know, what, what went wrong out there? And um, now that you got all that behind you, what question do you want to be asked or what do you want to say <laughs> that you haven't been able to up to that? Hey, I'm just really excited that we, you know, I'm really proud of the effort of our whole group tonight of doing everything right and not making any mistakes. You know, we didn't make any mistakes on pit road. We didn't make any mistakes, you know, on the racetrack. Uh, just did a really good job and executed really well. So, yeah, I mean, I'm used to disappointment, especially after the last year and a half, and it's nice to, you know, be able to pull one off and, and have the speed that deserves to win and actually win. You know, a handful of times last year, I thought we had plenty of speed to win and just something happened, and um, that definitely gets tiresome. But tonight, is, I'm really happy it was able to work out. Congratulations. Enjoy this one. Thank you. Appreciate it. Evan Ludwig, Sports Radio WFNZ. Ryan, uh, this is the first time you've won a race in the Cup Series when leading over 100 laps. I know you've been close countless times when you've dominated the race, but how good does it feel to finally win one of these races where you dominate the whole entire field? Yeah. It feels like it's how it should be, right? I mean, uh, it's nice to, to do that. So, yeah, I didn't. that's a fun fact. I didn't know that. Um, so, uh, no, it's, it's just nice that things go the way you hope they go, you know. Um, you know, and everything's different, right? I mean, there's there's plenty of times where drivers have had the fastest car and it just doesn't work out for them. I think that's happened to us. That's happened to every driver in the field. And, you know, sometimes you don't have the fastest car and you win the race, you know, just by circumstances. So that happens to everybody. And uh, But it's nice to, like, run up front, all race, lead a bunch of laps, have one of the most have one of the quickest cars out there top two or three cars out there and then pull it off like that's always super cool so um yeah definitely feels good and and mainly proud of the 12 guys for for putting together a great piece it's a it's an honor to get to drive something like that when it's that competitive jordan bianchi the athletic uh, we 
veteran drivers, when they win races towards the end of their careers, kind of say, sometimes they, they celebrate like they, this might be their last one. And I was wondering if you ever thought about, like, did you celebrate Victory Lane for the last time? Did you ever really think that, you know, you weren't going to win a cup race again? No, I don't think I, you know, we talked about self-doubt earlier. I don't, I don't think I ever, it crossed my mind that, like, I don't think you'll ever win again. You know, it's, you just start doubting yourself of, like, am I good enough to compete? Am I good as I was a year ago? Right. Like, can I still do this? Can I am I progressing and getting smarter as a race car driver and still have the same skills I had two years ago? Um, no, I, I don't think I ever thought of like I will never win a race again. It's just you kind of, you know, sometimes doubt your abilities uh, when things don't go your way or you make mistakes. You're like, gosh, I'm getting really you know, kind of messy with the way I'm doing things. So, um, no, I don't, I don't ever think that I was very excited because I haven't won in a long time. So, and it was a 600. So I was, I was pretty pumped up. That's, uh, there was multiple reasons there, but no, I, I didn't ever think that, that we could never win again. All right. Any final questions for Ryan? Okay. We'll take one final question in the back. <clears throat> Cameron Richardson, NASCAR.com. Ryan, just explain the connection. Just, NASCAR and maybe just motorsports as a whole has with its fans. I mean, you got you run into the crowd, you got everyone chanting your name. Just what is what does that mean to you and just for NASCAR as a whole? What does it say about NASCAR as a whole just to have that driver fan connection yeah. like that? Well, I mean, I think we do the best job of any sport out there of connecting with our fan base with the athletes. You know, I mean, from what we do at the racetrack on pit road on the actual racetrack before the race the access that the fans have to the drivers and cars no other sport does that you know and there's no one's walking on an nfl field before the game you know so it it makes it really unique about our sport and um you know i think that's special so uh, and i've been really fortunate in my career to have really great fans a really cool fan base that have always supported me and uh so that's been good i uh, don't get booed very often, so that's that's always nice to have. So people have been really good to me. Um, but no, I just, you know, I always wanted to give it back and show appreci- show my appreciation for people sticking around and for fans to be here. I kind of saw that with my dad growing up, so I was fortunate to get kind of a early look at, you know, how you're supposed to treat fans who come to the races and, you know, thank them and support them for coming because without them, this wouldn't be a thing. So, um yeah, second to none, NASCAR does with their fans, and it's cool to have moments like that with them. Um, I hope I get to meet the kid. I gave the checkered flag to him. I usually end up meeting them at some point, uh, so that was cool. He was fired up, and, uh, yeah, that was a special moment. That was really cool to do. I might have to do that more often if I get fortunate to win, hopefully not in 56 races or something like that. All right, Ryan, congratulations again right. on that win. You now sit one point outside the points lead. Oh, that's um, fantastic. In the NASCAR Cup Series. So um, congratulations again. Appreciate you spending some time with us. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. The summer months are heating up, and so is the action at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. The month of June is packed and stacked. Thursday Night Thunder on Thursday, June the 1st, featuring Western Pennsylvania Sprint Car Speed Week. A quick turnaround two days later on Saturday, June the 3rd for Champions Night, a TMT transportation action event featuring the Rourke Automotive, Rush Dirt Late Models, Penn Ohio Pro Stocks, Hobby Stocks, the Crawford Auto Repair Open 4 Cylinders, and the always safe Flagging and Traffic Control Young Guns. One week later, it's the 12th annual Ed LaBoo Memorial on Saturday, June the 10th. 
the most prestigious pro stock event in Western Pennsylvania with Rush Sprint Cars and Rush Sportsman Modifieds on the card. Saturday, June the 17th, features Twin State Auto Racing Club Night for a TMT Transportation Action Event. View our 2023 racing schedule, purchase tickets, and more by visiting ppms.com. Can't make it to the track? Stream every race live on the cushion. And be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube by searching PA Motor Speedway. Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance, and long-term care alternatives. As a registered IRS tax preparer, he can assist retirees with the completion of property tax rebate forms and other government tax reduction programs at no charge. Mr. Sabo does not charge a fee to meet with potential clients for a fact find. His office is located at 5061 Route 8, Gibsonia, PA. If you are in need of any of the services that he provides, give him a call at 724-443-5720. That's 724-443-5720. Or email him at rick.sabo at jwcemail.com. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, member of FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated, neither J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated or J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, nor its representatives provide legal, tax preparation, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W.C.A., J.W.C. RPS Financial Solutions and J.W.C., J.W.C.A. are unaffiliated entities. And now, more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Tyler Harris. It was Thursday Night Thunder this past week at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway as the stellar crowd on hand experienced night number two of the Schaefer Specialized Lubricants Western PA Sprint Speed Week presented by J.S. Bova Excavating. The 410 Sprint Cars were joined by the Rorick Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models and the PPMS Hobby Stocks. First up on the night was the Knox Bakery Time Trials, where the wheelman Brandon Mattis set fastest time in Group Number 1, the lowrider Dale Blaney was fastest in Group 2, and the Kunkletown Kid Ryan Smith was fastest in Group 3. Brandon Mattis was the fastest overall qualifier, picking up the $250 reward for his efforts. The Time Trials would set the starting order for each Mobile Bail Bonds heat race, except the top four cars would invert, meaning the fastest qualifiers would start fourth on the grid, second fastest qualifier would start third, and so on. The Buckeye Bullet Dave Blaney would win heat race number one, Dale Blaney took the checkered in heat number two, and the second all-time winningest sprint car driver at PPMS Carl Bowser would lay claim to heat race number three. The Rod Squad Fishing Charter Redraw would determine the top 10 starters for the 25-lap, 3,000-to-win A-Main feature event. A lucky fan would fish to the number one starting spot for A.J. Flick, who had just won the feature event five days prior. Through cautions, restarts, and a couple of longer runs, Flick appeared to be dominant. However, in the closing laps, Dave Blaney would begin to close in on Flick, who began to battle lap traffic. Blaney would pull alongside Flick at one point, and that was all Flick needed to see as he pulled back away from Blaney to win the second night of the Western PA Sprint Speed Week. Flick was all smiles and nearly in disbelief in victory lane. 
Uh, I'm honestly speechless. Um, I don't think we had the best car. I saw Dave there, and, and man, I, I'm i not kissing his butt or anything, but, God, I can't tell you guys what a blessing it is to race against a living legend like Dave Blaney. And um, to be able to come out on top, uh, he, he raced me off of four there one time, and I, I got a bit lucky with the lap cars at the end. I was able to squeeze under uh, the two lap cars we had, and my car started to go away a little bit, but... Uh, I think a lot of that might have been fuel load. We had a lot of pace laps there. Thank God size okay. Didn't get to see it, but my crew told me it was pretty bad. So uh, thank you guys very much for coming out to support us. It's awesome just to get back on track with $3,000 payday for Western PA. You were all over the racetrack early in the stages of the race. You went to the high side, and you were up top. Then you quickly start moving around, trying to find your ground. And we all know it. When you're a leader early in a race, you're almost a sitting duck. But to lead all 30 laps here, it didn't look that way from our perspective. Yeah, I mean, I, I, this is probably one of the nervous, most nervous I've ever been in a race car prior to the push-off for the feature, just because you know how stiff the competition is behind you, and everybody wants the payday, and they all want to be here on the front stretch, and um, you just kind of have to gauge where you think some of these drivers race, and kind of take their lines away while your car comes in, and uh, we felt pretty comfortable up top, especially one and two early in the race, but at the same time, too, we've all been around Pittsburgh enough to know that that bottom usually stays pretty uh, moist, and if you get down there running and it kind of litters up the rest of the racetrack. So one and two seemed like it would clean off and I could run my lane up top. But as the race went on, it just got a little bit too high. And uh, we kind of I was kind of gauging my speed off the lap cars. We were able to move down in both turns. And um, once Cy had his accident, I, I kind of figured second place Dave Blaney would, would be around middle to bottom. So we just kind of played that game and tried to hit my marks. And um, losing, having all the cautions, and kind of broke the momentum. But to get back on track, and uh, I was able to hit my marks on one and two every restart. So uh, we were, I think we were able to gap them a little bit and just try and stay in front. People that you want to thank, you've got a plenty of crew over here. You've got plenty of sponsors to help make this 2023 campaign go around. Yeah, first off, my little buddy Derek for pulling a number one. Um, you can write it on the board at home if you'd like. Uh, mother, father, uh, my girlfriend Ashley for all their support. Um, every single crew member that has busted their butt. We're only at day two. We still got three to go, but this this winning high is going to help us. So, uh, Doug, Joe. Um, Ryan came out to support us, the Fergusons, the Hartmans. Uh, I want to thank Ferguson Heating and Air Conditioning, Fence by Maintenance Service, Red Robin Gourmet Burgers, Chernagy Construction, Molly, Worthington Industries, Deep Well Services, Stanford's Glass Service. Um, I'm just, just thank you guys and all the crowd for coming out to support us and listening to me ramble on and on and on. So I appreciate it. Hopefully we can see you guys over the course of the next couple days. Ladies and gentlemen, one more time for tonight's feature with Chaos. AJ Flick wins it tonight. Dave Blaney was happy with the performance, keeping a fairly calm demeanor after the second-place run. Third one to 2021 Speed Reek champ Ryan Smith, who taught the announcer and the crowd about his ARDC midget win at the Speedway from back in 2011. Dale Blaney was fourth, and Brandon Mattis rounded out your top five. Henry Malcutt, Bob Felmley, Jack Soderman Jr., Cody Bova, and Dan Kuriger would complete the top ten. The Hard Charger Award went to Cody Bova after gaining nine positions throughout the race. The Pittsburgh Racing Now Hard Luck Award went to Cy Lynch, who was running third when something broke on Lynch's car, causing the car to flip into the infield. Fortunately, everybody, including Lynch, was okay and unharmed. Two TMT Transportation Action Event Divisions were on the card. First up were the Rourke Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models, competing in a Rick Hendrick City Chevrolet Weekly Series event. Hard to believe it, but a sprint car driver would win the 20-lap feature event on Thursday night. How about it for the Steel City Outlaw, Tim Schaefer, as he was victorious after leading every lap of the race. Schaefer was all smiles and full of excitement in victory lane. 
your first appearance for the 2023 season on a night where there are legends in the pits and sprint car competition. You're a legend yourself, Tim, National Sprint Car Hall of Fame member, and you win it here tonight for the Rorick Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models. You got all smiles, baby. It feels good, huh? Wow, wow. <clears throat> the way the night started, I mean, we had so many problems, and, you know, it's the first race, and, you know, my goofy... I'm trying different things, and I don't need to. And we put it back where it was, and, man, that car was awesome, Aaron. Uh, Scotty and, and Jim and the guys, Jack, um, my girlfriend, everybody. We really worked hard the last two days because it was a kind of last-minute deal. Because i got to be in Wisconsin here in about 10 hours. so. <laughs> but it, it just makes it worthwhile. Uh, what an awesome deal. Uh, it's just it's so fun for me, you know, when you have your own car and you, and you can do the right things and, uh, these late models are tough. I mean, it's such a challenge. It's so different, you know. And um, last year I got to race it like 16 nights. And, uh, you know, this year I'm back in a sprint car full time. And uh, when I went out in hot laps, it felt so slow. I was like I thought something was wrong with the engine. But um, we just kept working on it. I mean, we worked really hard tonight. We got blood everywhere on our hands and the radiator and duct work, all kind of stuff were changing. And uh, last minute, you know, made a couple changes on the car and they were the right way tell you what you talk about all the trials and tribulations the blood on your hands the sweat that you put into this but nonetheless the big thing the big takeaway there is fun you're still having fun doing this absolutely you know and this is 18 minutes from the house and uh, you know we can have fun afterwards and it's just it's makes it like old school days you know and it uh the track being that close and have a lot of great friends that's helping me you know i mean that that helps so much to be to put us in position to come out here and honestly i never dreamt we were gonna win that race i mean i had a lot of good cars around me and and i'm thinking ah, we run top five just learn a car and hopefully what we fixed you know was good and uh that thing took off right off the start and i'm like wow (laughs) you know and i'm then i'm waiting i'm like ah the cold patrols got me here two times last year last lap you know the end of the race for and we ran second to him but uh this hats off to Mark, Mark Richards at Rocket. You know, he don't have to help me, but when I call, he's awesome to talk to. And uh, Keith Burner, AccuForce, uh, Kendrick's Lounge, and I got Chambers at Prostrate. Um, you know, without them guys, it wouldn't be here, you know. And it's amazing how much fun it is for me. <laughs> and crew that you want to thank as well for your 2023 season. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like I said, Jim Chambers, Jim Marcy, and uh, there's Jack, his brother. I got Scotty and his boy here tonight, uh, Nicholas. He helps Global usually. Um, you know, I had a, a really awesome crew tonight, you know, and that's that's what it takes. So uh, just hats off to them for helping me out. Ladies and gentlemen, one more time for night's work, Automotive Rush Dirt Late Model Feature Event winner, the Steel City Outlaw, Tim Schaefer. Second went to Brandon Burgoon in the Chernick Bent's own rocket chassis. Kyle Lucon would finish third on the grid with the American Dream Colt Patrol in fourth. And Logan Zarin would fill the seat for Greg Beach in his 33X Kryptonite race car to take the fifth place spot. Colt Patrol would win heat number one. And Kyle Lucon, who happens to be the all-time winningest crate late model driver at track history, would win heat race number two. The Hobby Stocks did all that they could do to seal the show on Thursday night. Through the first seven laps, it was all Steven Sheltman when a red came out for Joey Brown, whose car caught on fire over in turn number one. Garrett O'Patchen had run second all race long, and on the restart, it was Logan Catellus who had begun to move forward, watching Matt Bernard and Garrett O'Patchen battle for the second spot just ahead of him. Catellus would pass both competitors, who then spun in turn number three after coming in contact on lap number 13. 
A two-lap shootout was had where, on the final lap, Catellos charged deep into turn number three. Sheltman crossed back underneath Catellos, exiting turn number four. The two touched, rubbing against one another to the finish. Sheltman's run was just enough to lead all 15 laps en route to his 33rd career feature win. Logan Catellos would have to settle for second by two-tenths of a second. Gary Catellos finished third with Gerardo Patchen quickly climbing back to the fourth spot. And then how about bad, bad Leroy Brown, who would round out your top five? We're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we return, we'll have news from this past Saturday at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. Every day when they open the doors at Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, their goal is to provide great customer service by offering affordable automotive and truck repair service performed by highly trained technicians at the highest industry standard. By implementing the latest diagnostic equipment and computerized repair manuals, you can rest assured that your vehicle will be repaired to factory specifications for your specific car or truck. At Zarin Truck and Automotive, they believe in honest repairs and will demonstrate that fully by explaining the repair or service you are receiving and they'll give you an estimate or quote before work is performed. When you choose Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, you are choosing professional automotive repair and maintenance performed by expert automotive technicians. That's Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights. Number One Cochrane has created a new way, a faster way, an easier way to buy a car. Now you can complete as much of the process as you'd like online and spend less time in store. Or do it all online. And get home delivery. Expressway is way easy to use. Just shop our nearly 20 new car brands and thousands of pre-owned vehicles to find the model that's perfect for you. We're big on transparency, so you get our best possible price up front. We call it our clear-cut price. And it's independently validated by Kelly Blue Book right on your screen. Our experts are standing by to help you throughout the entire buying process. You can also stop at any time, save where you are, and come to the showroom to pick up where you left off. Don't love your new vehicle? Don't worry, we'll take it back, no questions asked. Best of all, Expressway is open 24-7. That means you can buy your way with Expressway right away. Number one, Cochrane. See it all at Cochrane.com. And now, more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Tyler Harris. Welcome back to Rapid on Racing, and here's all that happened this past Saturday night at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, home of Dirt's Monster Half Mile. If you thought the Thursday Night Speed Week show was good, Saturday's show said, Hold my beer at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. It was a TMT transportation action event plus Champions Night where we honored our 2022 track champions in front of the fans in attendance. Congratulations once again to Philip Ubeck, AJ Poljack, Frank McGill, Craig Rudolph, and Emmy Laboon on their championships. The Roark Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models were the headlining division on the card, and they would compete in a 20-lap feature event. It was a disappointing start for Brian Hutchko, who was coming off of his first career rush late model heat race win earlier in the night. After contact from a car, Hutchko was sent into the outside wall on the backstretch, ending on his roof one week after scrambling to get his car put back together from the wreck one week prior. 
Following the restart, Jammin' Johnny Mollick would quickly work his way forward, moving from his ninth starting position to third by lap number three. Mollick would then order the two-for-one special. The following lap, taking the lead from the American Dream Cole Petrell and three-time track champion Frank McGill, who were battling for the lead the laps prior. Jim and Johnny would not look back from that point forward as he picked up his 22nd career victory at PPMS, his 16th in rush late model competition, tying the 2016 track champion for 10th all-time in the division. Here from the man himself in victory lane. Jam and Johnny, 16th career feature win in the Rush Late Model Division. Your three different divisions of racing that you've won here in here. Top 50 all time here at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. Quite an astounding career for you, but a quite an astounding night for you tonight. Yeah, we had a good car. Uh, just really shocked that the car come around as good as it did for the feature. It was uh, We were struggling in a heat race. Uh, track slowed down enough and came to us, so we got lucky. Well, it came to you very quickly because before you knew it, like a flash, you were up into the third spot in turns one and two before I could even realize that you started far back in the field. So uh, I tell you what, you got things figured out in this rocket ship. Yeah, I seen a couple spots there, and the bottom was we was putting around, and I was hoping nobody would fill those spots on the start of the race. And like I said, we got in the right place at the right time. People, you want to thank for this 2023 racing season? Yeah, I got guys at Pro X, my buddy Rick here, he's with me tonight. My buddy Scott, he's not with me. He's in bad shape, and... Uh, Got to thank my wife, obviously, and uh, who else I got to thank? Uh, Brian's decals, can't do without them guys, and uh, jet racing engines. want to thank one more thing for you, too. Uh, whenever you pick what division you're going to race, we've seen you in 410 competition, wingless competition. Why rush late models? You know what? We wanted to keep racing. I run the sprint. I drive for a guy with a rush sprint, and um, just on off nights, we're going to come here just because it's a half hour away from my house. We like racing, so that's why we're here. Well, I'll tell you what, you're a good racer at that. Ladies and gentlemen, one more time for Jammin' Johnny Mollick. The American Dream Colt Patrol would finish second, and Cassidy Kamaker bounced back well from her rear-end problems that happened a couple weeks prior as the 2022 Futures Cup champion tied her career-best finish of third. Frank McGill would lay claim to fourth, and 2022 track champ Philip Bubeck finished fifth in his season debut. Once again, Hutchko won the first heat race, and Colt Patrol would win heat race number two. The Penn Ohio Pro Stocks were next as they made their final preparations for the 12th annual Ed Laboon Memorial presented by Horhut Inc. coming up on this Saturday, June the 10th. The midway missile, Daryl Charlier, took a break from his super late model endeavors to race alongside his wife, Tanya Charlier. Daryl would lead the race wire to wire in the Paul Petrovich owned car number 74. That would be Charlier's 73rd career feature win, keeping him fifth all time, one win behind Steve Baker with 74 wins. Nonetheless, it may be possible to see Charlier continue to move up the rankings in weeks to come. Second would go to the 2022 track champion A.J. Poljak, who never lost sight of Charlier throughout the feature. Cody Catellus was third, Jackson Billick was fourth, and Dale Toohey would complete the top five. Charlier and Catellus were the heat race winners. The Hobby Sox had a race of the year candidate as the top five were in contention for the lead the entire race. And the two lead cars ran side by side for 11 of the 15 laps. Cody Catellus pulled double duty, racing his father 65K. Him and his brother Jonathan Catellus would mix and scramble for that top spot from lap number three to the very end with six lead changes throughout. Inevitably, it was Cody Catellus who laid claim to victory, navigating the inside of the racetrack all race long to get to the checkered flag first. Behind your leaders, it was Logan Catellus, Garrett O'Patchen, and Stephen Sheltman, who all raced in a seemingly poetic and orchestrated race for positions three through five. 
After the checkered flag dropped, it was an all Catellus podium with Cody Catellus first, Jonathan Catellus second, and Logan Catellus in third. Garrett O'Patchen was fourth, and Stephen Sheltman would round out your top five. Sheltman won the opening heat race, and Garrett O'Patchen was the winner of heat race numero dos. The Crawford Auto Repair open four-cylinders were certainly in the spotlight on Saturday. A stellar heat race started things off with Noah Buback banging the board, so to say, as he used every last inch of the outside racetrack to propel himself to the victory. He and Matt Knight went back and forth in the closing laps, exchanging the lead multiple times throughout the preliminary event. After the checkered flag flew, a proper send-off was given to the 2022 track champion, Craig Rudolph. The 44-year veteran decided to go out on his terms and call it a career. With one last lap around the racetrack and the crowd giving him a standing ovation, it was the proper send-off and the utmost sign of respect. The feature event was next for the four-cylinders, and the excellence continued. It was an unbelievable display of racing for the 10-lap event. Fourth starting Matt Knight quickly moved forward, battling with Tyler Cuneo and taking the lead on lap number three. Cuneo and Knight battled valiantly, with Knight running through the middle and high lanes of the racetrack and Cuneo running through the bottom. The final lap spelt heartbreak for Knight as he and Cuneo came together exiting turn four, Cunha would advance to the win and pick up his first career feature win in Open 4 competition. Cunha would apologize in victory lane and dedicate the win to his late father, who passed away back in 2020. He's climbing out of the car, ladies and gentlemen. Let's hear it for tonight's feature winner in the Crawford Auto Repair. Open 4 cylinders, Ty Cunha. <laughs> Tell you what. That's about as exciting as a feature finish as you're ever going to see in dirt track racing. Mixed emotions out here, cheers and boos allowed, but I tell you what, you're calm, cool, and collective, and congratulations on the feature win tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first off, that's that's not how you want to win a race. You know, it was clean, hard racing the whole time. He's a hell of a driver. It's a really good time, but, uh, you know, happy to put the 11 victory lane, and uh, we'll get it fixed up, and we'll be at, back out here next week. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to tell you, that's the first time I've ever seen a car come to victory lane in a on a truck, so that's a first for me. That might be for you as well but uh man you just said it yourself a fun race to watch through and through 10 clean laps you've definitely tried to steal the show again and i think you successfully just did that here tonight yeah absolutely uh, always trying to put on a good show for everybody and uh you know we'll, like i said we'll get things fixed up and uh we'll uh, we'll come back for some more clean racing next weekend is it uh career first for you here at pittsburgh yes sir it is congratulations on a career first i'm sure it's never going to be one that you ever forget but let's thank some of the sponsors who helped made it happen here tonight. Yeah, absolutely. So we got Tom's Equipment, uh, Streetcar Scene, Checkers for Charles. Uh, I want to dedicate this one to my dad. We lost him back in 2020. Uh, so I got my family here, my friends. Uh, couldn't be here without him, you know, we're, so we're racing for him tonight. Noah Bubeck would claim second. Austinville's Joe Campbell would round out the podium. Travis Corbin earned the fourth spot, and Ray Siebert would round out the top five. The always safe flagging and traffic control young guns were the final feature of the event. The race started with an unfortunate situation where Sadie Snatchko and Abby Gindelsberger came in contact in turn number three, causing the red flag to come out as Gindelsberger went for a small tumble. Uh, fortunately, she was okay. Snatchko would be disqualified for making contact in the no contact division. Zoe Knight would head back to the lead on the restart with Evan Strauss following closely behind in second. Strauss, a rookie, would spin exiting turn number four and retire his car as a result. Paige Jones would capitalize on the situation, driving aggressively to the runner-up spot. Knight led the rest of the eight-lap feature event to win her first race of the 2023 season. 
Gavin Kakalis would pass Paige Jones on the final lap to finish in second. Jones would have to settle for third with Cheyenne Hollister in fourth and Strauss rounding out the top five. Sadie Snatchko was the heat race winner. The next event at Dirt Monster Half Mile will be this Saturday, June the 10th for the 12th annual Ed Laboon Memorial presented by Whore Hut Inc., flagged by Always Safe and driven by Fuel Required. The most prestigious Penn Ohio Pro Stock race returns for $4,017 to win and $400 to start with no driver entry fees, plus the Dobbs Automotive non-qualifier for $417 to win. Plenty of other contingencies will be on the line, all in memory of Matt Miley. Joining the Ed Laboon Memorial will be our TMT Transportation Action Event Divisions featuring the Rourke Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models, the PPMS Hobby Stocks, the Crawford Auto Repair Open 4 Cylinders, the Always Safe Flagging and Traffic Control Young Guns. Gates will open at 5 with warm-ups at 6 and racing starting at 7 o'clock. Qualifying will take place for the Penn Ohio Pro Stocks somewhere between 6 and 7 p.m. Adult general admission tickets will be $16. For more information, that is available now at ppms.com. And be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube by searching PA Motor Speedway. That'll do it for this week at PPMS. Reporting for Rapid on Racing, I'm Tyler Harris. Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance, and long-term care alternatives. As a registered IRS tax preparer, he can assist retirees with the completion of property tax rebate forms and other government tax reduction programs at no charge. Mr. Sabo does not charge a fee to meet with potential clients for a fact find. His office is located at 5061 Route 8, Gibsonia, PA. If you are in need of any of the services that he provides, give him a call at 724-443-5720. That's 724-443-5720. Or email him at rick.sabo at jwcemail.com. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, member of FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated, neither J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated or J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, nor its representatives provide legal, tax preparation, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W.C.A. J.W.C. RPS Financial Solutions and JWC, JWCA are unaffiliated entities. The summer months are heating up and so is the action at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. The month of June is packed and stacked. Thursday Night Thunder on Thursday, June the 1st, featuring Western Pennsylvania Sprint Car Speed Week. A quick turnaround two days later on Saturday, June the 3rd for Champions Night. A TMT transportation action event featuring the Rourke Automotive, Rush Dirt Late Models, Penn Ohio Pro Stocks, Hobby Stocks, the Crawford Auto Repair Open 4 Cylinders, and the Always Safe Flagging and Traffic Control Young Guns. One week later, it's the 12th Annual Ed Laboon Memorial on Saturday, June the 10th. The most prestigious pro stock event in Western Pennsylvania with Rush Sprint Cars and Rush Sportsman Modifieds on the card. Saturday, June the 17th features Twin State Auto Racing Club Night for a TMT Transportation Action Event. View our 2023 racing schedule, purchase tickets, and more by visiting ppms.com. 
can't make it to the track, stream every race live on The Cushion. And be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube by searching PA Motor Speedway. And now back to Don Gamble and more Rapping on Racing. Listeners, joining us now is Vince Laboon, and we're going to talk about a big race that's coming up at Pittsburgh on Saturday. Vince, good afternoon. How are you? Good, Don. Thanks for having me again. I really appreciate it. you got to be pleased. This is the 12th annual race honoring your father. So uh, instead of listening to me talk, why don't you tell me what's coming up? And uh, looks like a dynamite purse for the drivers. Let's just... Tell everybody what's going on. Great, and you're right. It's hard to believe it's the 12th one already. It's uh, It flies by, and I, I've said this to you in our previous interviews, Don, but you know, I wanted to do this, you know, at least one year. Um, then it came two, three, and then we hit the fifth annual, the 10th annual, and we just kind of kept going. So thankfully the support's been there from uh, the sponsors, first and foremost, because without them uh, this race would have stopped many, many years ago, but also all the drivers, uh Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, uh, Sean Hooks in the Penn Ohio Series. There's a lot of uh, teams that come to uh, PMS maybe once a year for my dad's race, and we've built up that loyalty and support over the years. So first, I want to thank everyone for that. And you're right, this year, um, every year I try to kind of uh, reinvigorate the the race and keep it interesting and listen to feedback. So uh, this year, we're going to have a record payout. Um, as of right now, I'm budgeted for over $22,000 in total payout, which is unheard of for this race. Been very blessed with the sponsors, which we'll get into later. Uh, but we're targeting uh, $4,017 to win um, and a record $400 to start. So that's some fantastic money for the pro stocks. And no entry fee for the drivers. That's, I'm glad you brought that up. That was my next line, actually. Yes, in 12 years we've done this. Uh, Due to, again, the support of the sponsors and the track, um, we've never collected a dollar for an entry fee. So the best part of this is when I say 22000 you know, over 22000 to the drivers, it really is 22000 to the drivers. There's no, uh, I'll make it up, $100 entry fee, so it's really 300 to start or 150 entry fee at the day of the race, and you take home 250 It truly is uh, $400 to start, 4017 to win, which is awesome because... Um, you know, I'm a big proponent of advertising what you're actually going to pay. And nothing, this is a driver in my former days and doing this promotion. Now, it, it just drives me crazy where there's really large entry fees to races. Um, and, it, and you kind of have that gotcha moment whenever you register at the track. So, um, yeah, thanks for pointing that out. Very important to me. This is one of the biggest races of the year at Pittsburgh. It, it is. I, you know, obviously you have the Pittsburgher and you have the Joke George race that my buddy Brandon puts together. Um, but I would say, you know, as far as the crowd goes, the sprints bring in a pretty big show. But as far as car counts and crew counts and fans and concessions and Miley Burger sold, this is right up there. So it's, it's, it's awesome to be a part of that and kind of an experience where, you know, to many of these guys, the Sharon race pays more to the winner. Um, but I would argue the prestige of this race and the list of winners that I have, and just seeing um, on average forty to forty-five cars competing for it—it's just it, it, in this day and age, it's really special. Uh, just off the top of your head, and we can't name them all, but some of the more recognizable winners of previous races. 
well, the inaugural one was Bob Schwartzmiller, um, which was very emotional. He had a, a death in his family as well a couple days before the race. Wasn't even sure if he could make it. And Bob and I have been friends for years through uh, being in Pittsburgh and having him win that race. It was very fitting. Um, three of the last five years, Chris Snyder uh, finally won. If you remember for the first, let me see here, one, two, three, four, five, six. The first six years, Chris either had bad luck, broke, or um, just didn't make the show. So uh, Chris Snyder, and obviously in the history books, uh, Rusty Martz was the first repeat winner. So that, that recognition goes to him. Let's talk about Horhut. Who are they? Uh, Horhut Inc. has been the presenting sponsor for my dad's race. Now, I want to say for the last five years, um, might be six. I have to go back and check because this moves along so quickly. Um, Dan Horhut's um, the, the owner's name. Um, I consider him a good friend of mine. He, he, you'll notice him on other cars at the Speedway as well, A.J. Poljack um, and, and some other folks. So great guy, um, always supported me. Um, even through COVID and when times were tough, he always came up with the money. Um, so I can't say enough about, about Dan um, and, and the support he gives not only to me but other drivers as well. So um, please, if you have any construction projects or indoor-outdoor tree removal, uh, retaining walls, I have to give him a plug. He does it all. So Horhut Inc. is the presenting sponsor. Great guy. really takes care of everyone. So uh, thanks to Dan. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Vince Laboon, and we're talking about the 12th Annual Ed Laboon Memorial. Let's talk contingencies. You have some very nice things in the contingency awards. Yeah, I do. And I, I just, if it's okay, Don, I just want to mention too, uh, we spent some time talking about Horhut Inc., but uh, this year uh, we have some new associate sponsors that have really uh, allowed me to increase the purse. I, I just want to give them a quick recognition if that's okay. So, that's perfect. Uh, always safe flagging and uh, always safe flagging and traffic control. Um, as some people may know, they're heavily involved with uh, Pennsylvania Motor Speedway as well. Uh, sponsor the Young Guns Division. Um, they are looking to expand their brand to some new folks and new drivers um, out of state, obviously. So they came on board and also fuel required. So the race is also driven by fuel required and flagged by always safe. Uh, fuel required will be launching um, some uh, classic car uh, services in the um, in the region here by the racetrack. Um, so definitely look for them more of a presence locally. So uh, thanks to them for coming on board in the contingency specifically. Um, obviously, I've uh, Matt Miley was a huge part of this race, allowing me to, to dabble and, and play in the in the sandbox as I like to joke with him and become a mini promoter. So with the uh, you know the untimely passing of Matt, I, I did check with the Miley family, and as a tribute to him, we're going to have uh, 199 dollars in memory. Obviously, the Miley uh, Racing family 99, so 199 dollar contingency awards for Fast Time, uh, the Fast Dash winner, Hard Charger. And also rookie of the race. So the first person, or the uh, the highest finisher who's competing in his first Ed Laboon Memorial will take home um, an extra $199 on top of the minimum $400 to start. Um, and also, I just wanted to quickly mention we will be paying uh, for really the second time in history $100 to win heat races as well. So um, not only the starting position will be important, but um, it will be paying out heats as well. And uh, Stephen W. Johnson's loving memory, um, his son. Put some money together, and the last piece of that, Don, if you don't mind, for the first time in history as well, we'll be paying out at least a thousand dollars to finish in the top five positions, which is really good money. So even if you finished fifth, you're taking home at least a thousand dollars this year. How about the non-qualifiers race? Let's talk about that. 
very popular. So some of the guys, uh, I'll be candid with you, know they might not have the top equipment that's necessary to run with the the, the top Penn Ohio guys, so they come for the experience, and it's always a nice contingency plan to know that um, Dobbs Auto, as, you, as many people know, have supported this race since uh, the first year it was launched, actually. So uh, Matt and Gus Dobnik from Dobnik Auto over by Kennywood, uh, thanks to them as well. So that will pay the Dobbs Auto non-qualifier will pay 417 to win and 150 to start. So even if you don't make the big race, you're still racing for um, at least $400 um, in addition, 150 to start and $100 tow. So something untimely happens in a minimum, you, you'll get 100 bucks at least for gas money. For the casual listeners, and we have a lot of them, a lot of new ones, why does each payoff have a 17 in the payoff? Uh, it goes back to my dad. So um, he, when he started racing, his racing number is actually 14. So you'll notice my niece, Emmy Laboon, her car is 114 um, in honor of my dad. Whenever he got back into driving, um, after he had me and got married, actually, um, he started running the number 17. So my dad ran that at Motordrome in Pittsburgh in the late 80s, and then I got involved driving the E-Mod in the early, um, early to mid-1990s with Dave McManus. Uh, we both shared that car and ran a 17. Um, and then throughout the years, as I got a little bit better at driving E-Mods, not much, um, I continued that 17 legacy. So we just ran a 17L for Laboon. Um, so it became more of a, a tribute to my dad getting me in the racing all those years, and we've always carried that forward. So you'll notice the 4,017 to win, the 417 uh, for the Dobbs race, and obviously the T-shirts and any of the stickers always have the 17L for 17 Laboon. Um, so that's just how I always remember my dad. And I thought it was important to explain that to the casual fans because they don't know all the behind-the-scenes things that are involved in this. And it's what a wonderful tribute to your dad and everybody that's involved in this project here. All right, Vince, we're coming up on a commercial break. Do you have any closing thoughts? I just wanted to add quickly, if it's okay, Don, I have a handful of the other uh, platinum sponsors that are hugely important to this race as well. Uh, I just want to mention West Mifflin Collision, Scott Gunn and his team. He's been there with me all the years as well. Uh, Butler Truck Parts, who sponsors Chris Snyder's car. Uh, Neil's been involved helping me. Really appreciate that. Jacobs Towing and Service. Uh, they bring the Billicks, bring uh, three of their cars to the track. Thank you to them. Um, R&R Enterprise Auto Sales and Virgil Iron Steel. Uh, Randy Wyatt. Much appreciated. And this year, Ron's Barbershop came involved. He's close with the, the Dobnik family. So uh, I thank you for that. And Sam Johnson, as I mentioned, in memory of his dad. Um, parting, the final thoughts would be, um, if you haven't seen a Penn Ohio show or a pro stock, a larger pro stock show, um, I encourage you to come out to the track. The, the speeds they carry are pretty close to the, the top speeds of a crate late model due to the, the larger engines that they have, and they're running on late model tires. Um, it's definitely not the old days of pure stocks or street stocks uh, that I grew up in. Um, these cars average 110 miles an hour at Pittsburgh on nights where there's a lot of traction. Um, knock on wood, most nights you might see a caution or two because the, the drivers are so skilled. It'll be a fantastic show. Um, and with a lot of the local tracks actually having off next weekend, um, Pennsylvania Motor Speedway will be the place to be. So. Please come support the race. As long as I have the support of the fans, the sponsors, and the drivers, I'll keep plugging along. So, um, again, thank you to everyone for that. Um, and saying thank you as well, 
I'd be remiss if I didn't thank uh, my beautiful wife, Angela, for supporting um, the hours I put into this, the spreadsheets, the, the random stopping at a bar to meet a guy for 100 bucks. Um, all the stories are true. It's not just an excuse to have a beer. Um, and letting me run around and do this, and obviously my son Connor for getting involved, kind of being the master of ceremonies, getting to know the drivers, doing the introductions for the drivers, and, and hanging out in the pits and kind of being a little mini-me. It's really cool to see. So just, you know, thanks to my family for the support, too. You're a lucky man. you got a wonderful son and a beautiful wife. Life doesn't get any better than that. Now all we need is an excellent race, and we'll look forward uh, for next year when we do the 13th annual Ed Laboon Memorial. 13. Yeah. That sounds good to me. Thank you very much for the time. And again, hopefully I'll see everyone on next Saturday, June 10th, Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. Well, thank you for being with us. Thank you. Number One Cochrane has created a new way, a faster way, an easier way to buy a car. Now you can complete as much of the process as you'd like online and spend less time in store. Or do it all online. And get home delivery. Expressway is way easy to use. Just shop our nearly 20 new car brands and thousands of pre-owned vehicles to find the model that's perfect for you. We're big on transparency, so you get our best possible price up front. We call it our clear-cut price. And it's independently validated by Kelly Blue Book right on your screen. Our experts are standing by to help you throughout the entire buying process. You can also stop at any time, save where you are, and come to the showroom to pick up where you left off. Don't love your new vehicle? Don't worry, we'll take it back, no questions asked. Best of all, Expressway is open 24-7. That means you can buy your way with Expressway right away. Number one, Cochran. See it all at Cochran.com. Every day when they open the doors at Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, their goal is to provide great customer service by offering affordable automotive and truck repair service performed by highly trained technicians at the highest industry standard. By implementing the latest diagnostic equipment and computerized repair manuals, you can rest assured that your vehicle will be repaired to factory specifications for your specific car or truck. At Zarin Truck and Automotive, they believe in honest repairs and will demonstrate that fully by explaining the repair or service you are receiving and they'll give you an estimate or quote before work is performed. When you choose Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, you are choosing professional automotive repair and maintenance performed by expert automotive technicians. That's Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights. All right, fans, our next guest is Dave Murdick. Dave, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing great. You know, I've watched, I've watched you race over your career from when you first started out in one of Dad's old cars in the six cylinders. But what amazes me about you, obviously, you got a lot of talent. And over the years, I've seen late model guys get into a modified, or I've seen modified guys get into a sprint car. 
but I could count on one hand how many could do all three. Let's talk a little bit about that. When you went from the six-cylinder, obviously you went into a modified, usually one of Dad's cars. How long were you doing the modified before you got involved with the sprint car? Uh, actually, I started the sprint car in 96, so it would have been, uh, I started in 80 or 79, so that's quite a while. Yeah. Uh, but it was, uh, it was a nice transition. And what made you decide, hey, I want to try this? Well, I was uh, driving for Tim Temple on his modified, and I had my own modified, and it sat there, and I think we ran it like three times the last year I ran it. We just thought it wasn't worth having a car to sit, you know, and the money invested. So we decided the sprint cars were kind of low on car counts. And we thought, you know what, let's try that. And so I bought one of Ed Lynch Jr.'s cars, and the car ran pretty good. It ran very good. Now, how long were you in the, the sprint car before you got hooked up with the guys with the late model? Well, we ran a sprint car, I think, uh, four or five years. I think four. And... uh so then we kind of went just run the modified, you know. Well, actually, we ran that, and then uh, Pit Cabbage, Jimmy Pit Cabbage, asked me about driving his car if I'd do that. So uh, it was like a one-off night that we were going to do it, and I ended up cutting my tendon and my finger in a hot laps. Well, not in hot laps, but in the pits right after hot laps. And uh, I just taped it up, and we ran both cars and went to the hospital that night that's that's how racers think you wrap a red rag around the injury and i'll get to it when i get a chance oh my gosh well i i wasn't aware of the the cut tendon my goodness now the transition from one car to the other back and forth how long uh, i mean that's that's a major adjustment how did you deal with that it was uh it's a it's not just a different hat it's a it's a totally different suit uh to do that, especially the way the cars were now or then, you know, now we've, we're probably closer than they ever were uh, with yeah. our suspensions that we have in the modifieds now. Yeah. But uh, it definitely uh, a different way of driving a car. The late model, you had to, you have to keep on the gas and get that car kind of in a stance, kind of jacked over to the to right. In the modifieds, we didn't do that. It was more. Uh, I guess more finesse, and you, you just kind of had to keep the car, you know, underneath you more. Where the late models have so much more mechanical grip. Uh, but like I said, the cars today are a little bit closer, and uh, you drive them similar. It's so. a, it's obvious how you got involved in the sport because of uh, Carl. Later on in the show, we're going to play his Hall of Fame uh, thing from 2009. Amazing man, how many years he raced? Jeez. Yeah, he, uh, it's, it's life for our family. You know, it's, uh, it's definitely a uh, labor of love because there's no money to be made for sure. I remember a time when I talked to him about his garage and the fact that there were four or five cars there and you had to juggle them back and forth to get your time in the garage to work on your car. That must have been total chaos. Uh, it actually worked pretty fluid for us, you know, pretty good. The, uh, everybody was, you know, pretty respectful. If somebody, you know, get tore up, they, obviously they'd have to, you know, have, spend more time in the garage. But uh, it all worked out pretty well. 
How about your race shop now? Is it, uh, how big is it? We actually, uh, I keep my car at Steve Slater's, and uh, it was his old body shop. So it's got uh, room for, I think, five cars. Oh, that's uh, nice. We have, yeah, we have three in there right now. So, you know, and then with all our equipment and stuff, we, we kind of got a pretty full, though. Yeah. Now, it's, well, Steve's still running a modified, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. yeah. He runs the number 35 car. All right. Now, um, your girlfriend, Colleen, is she a race fan, or are you going to make her one? She uh, was a casual fan, I should say, uh, before we met. And then, uh, so she goes, uh, you know, once a weekend, uh, she's got some health issues, and she just can't go run like we do. Uh, yeah. But uh, she uh, she loves it. She, hmm. uh, I don't know that she loves the money that we spend. And I <laughs> I made the mistake of having her do my taxes, so she knows what I spend. Oh, that was not a good idea. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, if if we took the total number of years since you started, how many years have you been racing? Well, let me see. Looks like we're 24 years. Or, I mean, I'm sorry, 44 years. 44 years. That's amazing. And always good success, always a lot of wins. Um, now, um, I guess I like to ask the drivers the best part of racing. What do you consider, well, obviously winning, but other than that, what's the best part of racing? Uh, more, it's it's a friendship. You know, it's it's more of a family thing. You know, I got these guys and the, my crew, they, uh, they're there every night and I'm at the garage. My dad still comes to the garage every night. So it's a whole family thing, and I think that's the best thing is, you know, just the camaraderie and all that that goes with it. That's that's generally the answer I get from all the drivers. Uh, listeners, if you're just joining us, we're talking to modified driver Dave Murdick. Uh, Dave also drove sprint cars and late models. Very talented guy. Other than the uh, financial part, uh, what's the toughest part of racing? Well, sometimes keeping your head, uh, you know, cool and not uh, letting emotions, you know, get in the way of things, too. I think that's a lot. But uh, these new cars and the way our chassis are now, it's it's uh, been a big learning curve for the last. We started these chassis like this uh, about three years ago. And getting a handle on that was really tough. But uh, right now, I mean. Our motor program's pretty good, so I have to say chassis-wise is probably our hardest thing that we work. Uh, the other thing is, is juggling family life. Uh, yeah. That's kind of more important with me. Uh, I guess the older I got before, we never even thought about it. We just you know, work in the garage four or five days a week and go race on the weekend, and, and that probably cost me a couple marriages maybe, but uh, it's... Uh, that's probably the hardest thing to struggle in a family life. Yeah, that uh, the marriage thing is is a, a big issue, and <laughs> and to be fair to the women, the the commitment that they make so you can go racing is just unbelievable. They uh, they sacrifice a lot. Um, how about your pit crew? You mentioned them being in the garage all the time. Who are we talking about? I have uh, Jim Hyman. He's my crew chief. Uh, Dylan Zimba. He uh, 
just started with us here about three years ago, four years ago. I don't know exactly time frame. Things change all the time. Uh, so he comes, helps us on a car, does our tires and stuff. Uh, I have another guy that does all our tires. He does everything. The two of them are working together. His name's Kevin Heinen, uh, Jim's son. And then my dad, of course, he comes. Then I have a, a gentleman, Gary, uh, and I don't know my mind went blank. I guess old age thing. But uh, he comes. Uh, he just started coming last year. And uh, so it, we've got uh, pretty good core guys. They, uh, they help me out a lot. Listeners, I want you to hold that thought. Dave and I need to take a break. We'll be back after these messages. Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance, and long-term care alternatives. As a registered IRS tax preparer, he can assist retirees with the completion of property tax rebate forms and other government tax reduction programs at no charge. Mr. Sabo does not charge a fee to meet with potential clients for a fact find. His office is located at 5061 Route 8, Gibsonia, PA. If you are in need of any of the services that he provides, give him a call at 724-443-5720. That's 724-443-5720. Or email him at rick.sabo at jwcemail.com. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, member of FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated, neither J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated or J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, nor its representatives provide legal, tax preparation, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W.C.A., J.W.C. RPS Financial Solutions and J.W.C., J.W.C.A. are unaffiliated entities. The summer months are heating up and so is the action at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. The month of June is packed and stacked. Thursday Night Thunder on Thursday, June the 1st, featuring Western Pennsylvania Sprint Car Speed Week. A quick turnaround two days later on Saturday, June the 3rd for Champions Night. A TMT transportation action event featuring the Rourke Automotive, Rush Dirt Late Models, Penn Ohio Pro Stocks, Hobby Stocks, the Crawford Auto Repair Open 4 Cylinders, and the always safe Flagging and Traffic Control Young Guns. One week later, it's the 12th annual Ed LaBoo Memorial on Saturday, June the 10th. The most prestigious pro stock event in western Pennsylvania with Rush Sprint Cars and Rush Sportsman Modifieds on the card. Saturday, June the 17th features Twin State Auto Racing Club Night for a TMT Transportation Action Event. View our 2023 racing schedule, purchase tickets, and more by visiting ppms.com. Can't make it to the track? Stream every race live on the cushion. And be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube by searching PA Motor Speedway. All right, listeners, we're back. Uh, Dave, before we uh, went to break, we talked about the crew. Now, let's talk about the sponsors. Well, I have uh, VP Racing. Uh, they make the fuels and oil, uh, rear end grease. They have a ton of product. Uh, they make a coolant to help keep cars cool. So I have them. Uh, I have my own business on there, which is Cabin Castle Home Inspections. And Steve's Auto Body, which I keep my car in his garage. And Murdick's Auto Parts, which, you know, my uncle's been with me for since the day I started. So 
uh, that's been a very long time sponsor. I guess the home inspection business gives you a little bit of flexibility to tie in with your racing. And I understand when we talked earlier that you actually don't plan to work on Fridays because you want to focus on Lernerville. Yeah, it's pretty rare. I mean, I, it have, I have to really be booked up tight for me to work Friday. Uh, I don't generally work Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. We just It's all dedicated to race cars or a little home time with my girlfriend. You're going to do something new that I find fascinating. I mean, I was always impressed with uh, Dave Murdoch being a really nice guy. But let's talk about your racing school. This is really something. Yeah, uh, it's something that's been in the back of my mind for, you know, 10 years or so. And uh, I'm kind of getting near the twilight of my career, I guess I should say. And uh, our next generation of racers, I mean... How often do you see people that get in racing and they're in there for a couple of years and spend all this money and they, they just can't get any results? And it's hard to get guys that's going to help you and get you in the right direction. So we started the school, and uh, I didn't do it all on my own. You know, I got uh, VPs. Uh, they sponsor the school. So that's how I was able to do this for free for the drivers, the other drivers. And I got Garrett Crummer to help me with it. So that all, I mean, he's a very qualified racer, too. Uh, we had Troyer chassis. He came down and, and spent a day with us at the, the garage. So it's kind of been pretty interesting. But, I, you know, this is our first year. We're going to get better as we go at it. I'd like to keep this thing going. I think uh, it'll be good for racing in general. I've given all the guys my phone number, so if they got questions through the week or at the racetrack, you know, I try to help them when I can. Okay, and you said free. F-R-E-E. That's amazing that you're able to do that. And these young guys, uh, or maybe some of the older guys that need help, I guess the deal is it's two days in the garage and two days at the track, which is Mercer Raceway Park. How did you pull that deal together? Well, uh, Jerry Schaefer helped me a lot on getting Mercer uh, buttoned up. Uh, Ed Michaels was very uh, interested. He liked the idea. Of course, it cost him money to prep a track and everything. So uh, Jerry was very willing to uh, help us uh, secure that. He's paying for that track time, which was very nice. Uh, but Ed Michaels, he let us use his garage and He's, you know, he's he's really thinks it's great for racing, and uh, I think uh, it's all come together really well. Well, your legacy of success in driving race cars is big, but I think this might even be bigger. Now, does the school have a name? I've been calling it the Western Pennsylvania Racing School is what I've been kind of because I didn't want to put a name like my name on it or you know Garrett's name on it or, and we didn't get, I guess a corporate sponsor to, I mean, we have a corporate sponsor, but for naming rights and stuff, so we, we may do that in the future once we get some, you know, get this thing underway here. Dave, we're coming up on a break. Do you have any closing thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I just got to thank everybody. You know, my girlfriend, she puts up with a lot. You know, it's a lot of our, our time together, and, and so anytime you're in a 
a newer relationship, you know, you're, you miss that time together. And I kind of learned that the hard way, I guess, a couple times. Uh, I've been divorced twice, so that's not the highlight of my career, that's for sure. Uh, so that family time really means a lot. I guess the older you get, you realize that. Uh, my mom and dad, you know, I got to I, I spend as much time as I can with them, too. So it's just, uh, it's just a struggle sometimes, struggle and everything. Let's have the name of the school again, and if you want to, a phone number if someone's interested. Yeah, it's uh, Western Pennsylvania uh, Driving School is what we're actually doing it. Uh, my number is 724-556-9453. Uh, we're probably ending up about finished up this year. I mean, we have our next trash session is Thursday night. We still have a little bit of room for people. The uh, Saturday is our, actually our last garage day. So, I mean, we're pretty well getting up to the line, but we're going to definitely do it again next year. And uh, we're gonna, it's kind of fun. It's, it's something that's going to be a labor of love, too, kind of like racing, but it might be what I transition into when, I'm, when I hang a helmet up. You're an amazing man. I I have always enjoyed watching you race, but this takes it to a whole new level. And uh, for any of the listeners that are out there, if you want to get advice from two really good modified drivers, that would be Dave and Garrett Crummert, uh, you couldn't get uh, better information, and I suggest you give Dave a call and try to learn something. Dave, I want to thank you for being with us Outstanding interview, outstanding project. Well, thank you very much. I do appreciate it. Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance, and long-term care alternatives. As a registered IRS tax preparer, he can assist retirees with the completion of property tax rebate forms and other government tax reduction programs at no charge. Mr. Sabo does not charge a fee to meet with potential clients for a fact find. His office is located at 5061 Route 8, Gibsonia, PA. If you are in need of any of the services that he provides, give him a call at 724-443-5720. That's 724 724- Four four three five seven two zero, or email him at rick.sabo at jwcemail.com. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, member of FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated, neither J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated or J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, nor its representatives provide legal, tax preparation, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W.C.A. J.W.C. RPS Financial Solutions and J.W.C. J.W.C.A. are unaffiliated entities. The summer months are heating up and so is the action at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. The month of June is packed and stacked. Thursday Night Thunder on Thursday, June the 1st, featuring Western Pennsylvania Sprint Car Speed Week. A quick turnaround two days later on Saturday, June the 3rd for Champions Night. A TMT transportation action event featuring the Rourke Automotive, Rush Dirt Late Models, Penn Ohio Pro Stocks, 
hobby stocks. The Crawford Auto Repair open four cylinders and the always safe flagging and traffic control young guns. One week later, it's the 12th annual Ed LaBoo Memorial on Saturday, June the 10th. The most prestigious pro stock event in Western Pennsylvania with Rush Sprint Cars and Rush Sportsman Modifieds on the card. Saturday, June the 17th features Twin State Auto Racing Club Night for a TMT Transportation Action Event. View our 2023 racing schedule, purchase tickets, and more by visiting ppms.com. Can't make it to the track? Stream every race live on the cushion. And be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube by searching PA Motor Speedway. Carl, good evening. Good evening, Don. You know, uh, I was telling people, and I didn't realize it till I, you know, I, you got 50 years at, at Lernerville Speedway, and I said, you know, I think there's only one person in local racing that's been going to Lernerville longer than I have, and that's you. Uh-huh. I, I remember when you bought your first car, and I think it was a 36 Chevy, and it was number 36. You made it B6, and I believe you were at North Hills with that car, and that might have been the first time I had seen you. Um, when when did you start? When was your first year? Well, 50 years ago. Uh, was was yeah, that the first car? Yeah, that was the first car. That was in June, June of 1960. You know, they did a nice article in the Butler Eagle, John Henrietta, and uh, I don't think a lot of people realize that uh, you turned 72 June of this year. Uh, it sneaks up on everybody. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're still in good shape. You still run a good race. And, and you know, the thing that, that I think would be the tough part of it is you don't have the big dollars, and you either have to build it yourself or, or get a lot of used stuff. Uh, you know, I, I often wonder, you know, just how much easier it would be for you if you had that uh, blank check where you could go out and get everything brand new. I probably wouldn't know how to act that way. <laughs> you know, I used to tease whether it was Sheila or, or Gary or, or your son. At, at one time, I guess there were four of you racing out of the same garage. Is is that the way it was when they all got started? Yeah, we was basically all out of the same garage whenever uh, Sheila started. And that and that was a two car garage. Yes, two car garage with four cars. Did you get priority since it was your garage? Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> no, I could. In in looking back and and uh, the impressive number that stands out on your resume: fifty six career feature victories and competing on fifty different racetracks. And uh, of course, coming from the Pit Cavish interview into your interview, I think modifieds will probably dominate the conversation. But uh, I've seen some photographs going back to the nineteen seventies when you actually competed in a late model as well. Was that a car that you owned, and did you have any modified type success uh, winning any events with a late model? Well, I I run the uh, built that car, and uh, we built it in 1971 was the first year, and uh, we just uh, basically done from what we know in the modified on the late model. Other than the front suspension was totally different. Now, when you hauled it in the bus, were you able to get both cars in the bus? Yeah, we hauled both cars, and then we got about 13 people in there. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it's amazing, you know, the history that you have as as well as your son. We were talking about him a little bit ago. You know, he's been in sprints, he's been in modifieds, now he's doing an outstanding job in a late model, and we're going to have him on next week. Uh, as I And for the benefit of the fans that would be interested, uh, Carl and his wife Sally were kind enough to lend me many, many scrapbooks, and I 
took pictures of all of his cars and put them on uh, Speedway Productions' webpage. So if you want to go to speedwayproductions.biz, you can see the cars all the way from the 36 Chevy Coupe up to the uh, the newer cars. I was really impressed with some of the pictures uh uh, when you did the 50th anniversary and you went to the different color, I, I thought that was pretty nice. Uh, let's let's talk about you know what a what a special uh, occasion it was to have this golden anniversary. How do you feel about this? Uh, it's you know it's something that uh, not too many people get to, and uh, it's I don't know it's uh, good good to be there and hard to get there. You know, uh, Davey made the comment that, you know, you don't have any hobbies and they don't know what you do if you weren't racing. And I guess you thought you made the comment that maybe, uh, you know, and let's see, Murdoch's wife, Sally, been married 52 years. She supports the sport even more than he does. And then Davey said, Dad told me when he quits racing, he's not coming to the track anymore. And and I guess your wife said, if that's the case, he's going to spend a lot of time at home by himself on Friday nights. How are you going to deal with that? Oh, I don't know. The hardest thing is probably a race car driver sitting in the stands watching a race. Well, you could you could be crew chief on, on Dave or, or Sheila's car. Yeah. Yeah, doesn't sound like that's going to fly. <laughs> you know, when when you race with your son, and I like to ask this question, you know, whether it be Waring or any of the other father and son teams, uh, do you think he tries a little harder when he's racing with you? And how does this work when the two of you are competing together? No, I don't know. I think both of us just run our own race, you know, and uh, you generally stay out of trouble more that way than what you do to uh, move over and let somebody go by, you know. Uh, now yeah. you, you've had a lot of success in the modifieds and the late models. And one, were you in a sprint one night just to see what it was like? Was that part of your fiftieth anniversary? Yeah, it was just a, a thing that uh, they wanted me to be able to say that I run everything that run at Lernerville. So. You know, looking at, at your win totals, you have wins at Sportsman, Lernerville, Mercer, Tri-City, uh, Motordrome, Blanket Hill, North Hills, Crawford County Fairgrounds. Uh, I'm doing a story on upcoming RPM on Blanket Hill. Uh, that was a pretty special track in, in its day. Uh, some of your thoughts about running there, uh, what was that like? Uh, we first started running at uh, Blanket Hill whenever it was asphalt. And... Uh, that was quite different, and then they had a big wreck there, and then they went to shut it down for a little while and went to dirt. And I think everybody liked the dirt better than the asphalt. You know, looking at, at your win totals, I guess uh, pretty pretty much sportsman. You kind of owned that place for a lot of years, but they never kept statistics, did they? No, not very much. They were pretty lax on that. As we look at how many tracks you've competed and uh, suspecting about 50 of them, uh, the equipment back in the day that was home-built and maybe a little bit more primitive, was it easier to go from track to track and change the setup than it is now with the more complicated suspension? Is there a lot more labor involved in taking the same car from, let's say, Lernerville to Sharon to Mercer these days? Well, these days, a uh, car is much more adjustable, you know, even without changing too much other than just turning a screw or adding a little air to a shock or, you know, changing a gear in the rear end where you had to do that all before by changing the pumpkin in the rear end in order to get a gear change or 
bigger bigger variety of tires, but uh, you really didn't have the adjustments in that you got today. You and Dave, uh, both champions at Lernerville, that has to be a special uh, feeling for you when you think about it. You accomplished it, uh, I guess, in 70, and then uh, Dave won it a couple of times. Uh, has to make you proud, not only that you got the title, but he was able to do the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, I should have had a couple more there, but, uh, you know, things happened in the last of the season and dropped me out. But, uh, you know, and you're you're still old school. You know, you still build your own motors, and I suspect a lot of the fabrication on the car. Um, when you first decided to go racing, was this because of someone else? Uh, you had a friend, a neighbor, whatever. What per, what persuaded you to go out and get a race car? Well, I always liked uh, racing, and uh, I went to the, the old uh, Butler Fairground when it, where the high school's at now and watched races a few times and yeah, I just more or less got hooked into it and then a guy that I worked with raced, uh, Earl Wheeler, and uh, we got to talking and he had a motor and I got a car and ran that motor for a few nights so he blowed it up. You know, when I think back of when you started where the guys built their own cars and it took a lot of ingenuity and it just seemed like it was a little more fun where now it's it's strictly business, you know, you have to buy everything, the costs are, are an issue. Uh, if, if you were picking the years that you raced and the equipment you had, obviously a championship would stand out, but was there a favorite car that you had uh, during your career? Oh, it been- have to be the car that we built and started to race in 1968 which is the one I won the championship with and uh, I run that for geez, I don't know 12 years or something you know unheard of in the racetrack to run one car that long right right and always Fords well I run Fords up until from 60 to well somewhere in the 60s until uh, 82 and then we went Chevy I guess that was out of necessity because of some of the Ford stuff's a little hard to get. Well, it, they didn't build any Ford parts basically at that time. You had to uh, more or less uh, adapt something else to it. Now, when when Sheila decided, and gee whiz, I can remember when she used to sell programs for me. When she decided she wanted to race, start started out in a six cylinder. Now, that was that one of your old cars with a six in it. Yeah, that was one of the cars that, well, that was the car that I won the championship with. And then it it didn't quit after that. After she quit running it, didn't some other people have it? Did Art Osmer end up with that car? And no, Art had it in between uh, Dave running it and, uh, and Sheila getting, well, Gary getting it back. And then Sheila running after Gary. Yeah. So, you know, when when you guys have a family outing, there's a lot to talk about. You know, Gary and Sheila in the Sprints, Dave in the Modifieds and Late Models, and you in the Modifieds. Uh, well, when you talk about racing being a family sport, you really got it covered. Uh, when you think about 50 years and age 72, uh, what does the future hold for you? What What do you think you'd like to do? Herschel McGriff's 81, and he just qualified <laughs> for a race. Uh, so you got a lot of time left. Yeah, there's still a few running that's older than me. When during uh, over the years, did you have a favorite competitor that you like to race with? 
No, I like to use run with uh, Blaney and uh, Blackley Watt. You know, Ed Lynch and I did all right most of the time. And and how about a favorite track? Now, I guess with all the wind, Sportsman would be your favorite. Was that the situation, or am I on the wrong page here? Well, I, I liked Sportsman Racetrack. It was uh, more adaptable and uh, uh, at a, probably a little slower pace than what uh, Lernerville was because the track was bigger and faster. Mm-hmm. But uh, for building my own car, I think I had a good handling car, and that's one of the things that helped me at Sportsman. I saw a couple of pictures where you had some pretty bad crashes, uh, and and the one picture that was in the album you lent me, was that Lernerville or Sportsman? Uh, I had one of both, and the ironic thing about that is, is they was both on May 27th. Wow. <laughs> you had to skip that week, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, they all keep telling me I have to skip that night. Now, uh, of the 50 years at Lernerville, uh, how many nights have you missed? I think I missed five nights at Lernerville. Five then. nights in 50 years. That's incredible. You are to be commended. We want to thank you for being with us. And, uh, I, I again, I want to thank you for all the photographs, and I'll return them on Friday. And if anybody would like to see these photos of all of Carl's cars, it's speedwayproductions.biz. In closing, is there anything we've missed or anything else you'd like to touch on? Well, I I had quite a few late model wins at Sportsman also, you know, and uh, I have a couple at Lernerville. Yeah, well, in your win total, in your stats, it didn't break it down, or I don't have it, but uh, the 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 difference between the two, and I and your son seeing it now, a lot of adjustment uh, in those days, going from the sprint to the modified, or I'm sorry, from the the modified to the late model. Mm, I I didn't notice too much, you yeah. know. The, the big thing is, is you run the late model, and that was the big, and when you crawled in the modified, it, it was much smaller. You felt like you uh, could really run it. Yeah. Well, again, I want to compliment you on your accomplishments. I want to thank you for being with us, and I look forward to seeing you folks on Friday. Okay, and thanks for having me on, Don. All right. Carl Murdick, 50 years at Lernerville, missed five races. Unbelievable. Number One Cochrane has created a new way, a faster way, an easier way to buy a car. Now you can complete as much of the process as you'd like online and spend less time in store. Or do it all online and get home delivery. Expressway is way easy to use. Just shop our nearly 20 new car brands and thousands of pre-owned vehicles to find the model that's perfect for you. We're big on transparency, so you get our best possible price up front. We call it our clear-cut price, and it's independently validated by Kelly Blue Book right on your screen. Our experts are standing by to help you throughout the entire buying process. You can also stop at any time, save where you are, and come to the showroom to pick up where you left off. Don't love your new vehicle? Don't worry, we'll take it back, no questions asked. Best of all, Expressway is open 24-7. That means you can buy your way with Expressway right away. Number one, Cochrane. See it all at Cochrane.com.
O'Reilly Auto Parts, your professional parts people, in-store or online at O'ReillyAuto.com. Welcome back to PRN's At The Track. Joining us now on the ProFabrication.com hotline, the general manager of Eldora Speedway in Ohio, Jerry Gappinson. Hey, Jerry, welcome back to the show. So many marquee races, uh, you know, when I pop up in my head, Kings Royal, World 100, Dirt Track World Championship, the million, and all so many of them. But coming up next week, a three-day event that is really a dream. Before we get to focus on it, though, why, why so many? What's the key reason or some of the key reasons Eldora has so many marquee races? Yeah, you know, I think Earl Bald has kind of set the tone for that. You, you know, obviously, he built and opened the place in 1954. And Earl, um, Earl was very unique among race organizers. Slash, uh, he was truly a promoter. And, um, you know, he tried to make events bigger in life. I mean, I think... Uh, him and Humpy Wheeler probably came from the same uh, same school of promoting uh, somewhere uh, along their life's past. But uh, um, and I know Bruton uh, Smith and and Humpy always taught me during my days with uh, SMI uh, to you, you got to make it uh, to where people want to come and a big event and it's not a big event unless you think it's a big event. But but Earl was uh, he he had the the whereabouts to, he he didn't mind putting up big money and he knew big money attracted uh, all the great stars. And then, uh, and then if you're going to have all the great stars there, it's going to attract the fans in. So he had a lot of success with the world 100, which is in the fall. And I think when he uh, started the dream, um, he wanted something early in the season and, and then uh, all the, the major events have kind of uh, uh, just grown wow. uh, from that standpoint. And, <laughs> and I think, under the stewardship of Tony and then the previous general manager, Roger Slack, they, they were able to take what Earl had built as a foundation and, and build upon it. Absolutely. The foundation events uh, are uh, the foundation events for all dirt track racing around the country. Eldora, a pillar of the community. And we're chatting on the profabrication.com hotline with Jerry Gavins, the general manager at Eldora Speedway coming up on June 8th, 9th and 10th. The Dream, the 29th annual Dirt Late Model Dream, going to pay over 125000 plus. Probably, I, how, how much does it add up? It's like 168000 It's 129000 to win, and in the prelim, Knights pay 12000 to win each of the twin 25-lap features. So, yeah, it's well over um, you know $300,000 in, in, in purse money. And um, that's, I'll tell you that uh, these late model guys are racing for big money almost all year. So we've had to, you know, stay on top of it, but uh, traditionally we add a thousand dollars each, each year to the, to the, for the winter to take home. And then we tried to build on the purse uh, throughout the field and, and, uh, and pay it well uh, on throughout everybody that comes and participates. So yeah, it's, it's crazy money. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's right. And that's what we're, I think that's what Eldora is known for. It's a, it's a racing destination among short track fans. I think it's uh, uh, Eldora and Knoxville are probably the two most famous dirt tracks in the world. If you're asking a casual race fan, I wore an Eldora t-shirt to the Indy 500 and I was amazed at how many people, you know, made comments to me and said, you know, yay, Eldor, Kings Royal, we're going to be there for that. Or uh, how about the million? So uh, so I was just amazed at the amount of people that, that were at Indy, how many of them uh, saw the shirt and commented on it. 
Eldora shirts, always a popular uh, shirt anywhere you go. Jerry Gappins, the general manager of Eldora Speedway, chatting with us as we look forward to the June 8th, 9th, and 10th, 29th annual Dirt Late Model Dream happening at, at Eldora Speedway. And Jerry, you've been there, you know, 12, 14, 18 months, however uh, many of those add up. Uh, since coming over from the track in Indiana, from a facility standpoint, what are fans going to notice that some of the tweaks that that you and your crew have started doing uh, over the last year or so? Well, I, I, the, one of the first projects we did is we uh, we went ahead and paved over the area for the handicap park, parking behind the main grandstands. And then the other part of it, we've really just tried to, uh, do painting, um, uh, you know, signage uh, and and decal work uh, uh, to make it easy to navigate around the property. Did uh, I see? Camp- did I see y'all got a big new TV thing out there too? Well, I was just carry say that. Yeah, it's <laughs> uh, it's it's the it's a large video board. It's thirty five feet tall by sixty five feet uh, wide. It's uh, it, it's it's the largest video screen in in all dirt track racing and. Uh, it's not quite up to the big hoss in Texas or, or the big one there in Charlotte that started it all. But for uh, for our race fans, yeah, it's it's got super high definition. Uh, it's it, the imagery comes across clear in the afternoons as well as obviously at the nights, and uh, and it's uh, it's a great addition. The fans, uh, you know, we, we we during the transition we had a, a, an early race a season opener. We didn't have a video board, and it's amazing. It was just a black hole out there in the night <laughs> where that used to be, and, and you kind of look for it, and it wasn't there. So that's i'd say that's one of the best amenities that that we offer fans here uh, and then the other the other part of it is uh, just keeping the concession prices low i mean the most expensive thing on our item on our uh, menu item board is uh, six dollars you know for a sandwich and, and, got, and everything else that- is up What's that toilet water thing everybody talks about? Yeah, that's um, that's a mixed drink. Uh, our our our, uh, our people run the bars. They like to have fun to uh, name some things. And I don't know everything that goes into that drink, but uh, <laughs> but they're really popular. A few years ago, they did T-shirts. You still see some fans wearing toilet water T-shirts, but uh, uh, but it uh, it comes complete with a little mini tootsie roll on the on the top of it. So oh, that's it's, wonderful, uh, Jerry. <laughs> yeah. Jerry Gappins, the general manager at Eldora Speedway, getting ready for the 29th annual Dirt late model dream at Eldora Speedway. He's on the profabrication.com hotline. Profabrication headers exhaust all the parts and pieces that go with it. Just a click of a mouse away at profabrication.com. So fans listening, if they want to come to the dream, they want to come to the Kings Royal, the World 100, Dirt Trap, all the different events that you've got there, where can they find out more information and uh, are things still available? Yes, they they are. Uh, we'll be you know we'll be able. We got capacity up to about thirty thousand people here, so uh, we're we're ready for that. But uh, the the best sources go to eldorospeedway.com, and it, it really is a great website that details uh, everything out for a fan for uh, from an experience standpoint, from buying tickets to your camping spots um, to you know local um, hotels, uh, anything that you might need to to make your your experience here better. And then um, the, we're on all the social media uh, outlets with uh, with Facebook and Twitter and all all those. Uh, our team does a great job, really, with the social media keeping things up. There's Eldora fan pages out there, and then uh, if you if you're old fashioned, you want to call, you just uh, call nine three seven three three eight three eight one five. You'll talk to a real human being that'll get you set up uh, with tickets and get you ready for a great experience here. Appreciate it. Jerry Gappins, General Manager, Eldora Speedway, our guest on the ProFab Hotline. Fans, stay with us. We'll be right back with more.
The summer months are heating up and so is the action at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. The month of June is packed and stacked. Thursday Night Thunder on Thursday, June the 1st, featuring Western Pennsylvania Sprint Car Speed Week. A quick turnaround two days later on Saturday, June the 3rd for Champions Night, a TMT transportation action event featuring the Rourke Automotive, Rush Dirt Late Models, Penn Ohio Pro Stocks, Hobby Stocks, the Crawford Auto Repair Open 4 Cylinders, and the always safe Flagging and Traffic Control Young Guns. One week later, it's the 12th annual Ed Laboo Memorial on Saturday, June the 10th. The most prestigious pro stock event in Western Pennsylvania with Rush Sprint Cars and Rush Sportsman Modifieds on the card. Saturday, June the 17th features Twin State Auto Racing Club Night for a TMT Transportation Action Event. View our 2023 racing schedule, purchase tickets, and more by visiting ppms.com. Can't make it to the track? Stream every race live on The Cushion. And be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube by searching PA Motor Speedway. Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance, and long-term care alternatives. As a registered IRS tax preparer, he can assist retirees with the completion of property tax rebate forms and other government tax reduction programs at no charge. Mr. Sabo does not charge a fee to meet with potential clients for a fact find. His office is located at 5061 Route 8, Gibsonia, PA. If you are in need of any of the services that he provides, give him a call at 724-443-5720. That's 724-443-5720. Or email him at rick.sabo at jwcemail.com. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, member of FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated, neither J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated or J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, nor its representatives provide legal, tax preparation, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W.C.A. J.W.C. RPS Financial Solutions and JWC, JWCA are unaffiliated entities. And now more Rappin' on Racing with your host Don Gamble and Jim Zufall. So Don, we're at the Blanket Hill Speedway. I find myself up here after a long time. It's probably been a dozen years or more since I've been at Blanket Hill. Probably longer than the young lady we're about to interview has been around, <laughs> walking around the planet. And now she's driving around this track and impressing people. Let's start with your name. Who are you? I'm Carly Miller. I drive the number 26 in the Junior Sprint Stock Class. Junior Sprint Stock Class, don't let the name fool you. These cars are fast. They run tight. You couldn't put a piece of paper between you and the leader for a long long time yeah it was a good battle between me and him I'd say it was a good battle I started fourth and I went I worked my way up through the field I started on the outside a couple cautions there was a bunch of cautions couple reds so me and the first placeman we were battling and then the third placeman he found himself a way to get around us so he plays second I, I play second he plays first yeah, solid second place run with you out in front for quite a while, too. Uh, these cars are competitive. This isn't fooling around, is it? No, it is not fooling around. Me and my dad spend hours in the workshop. My brother, he helps so much. It's an awesome sport to get into. 
Let's not forget these people sitting next to you. I, I sat next to them the whole time, and all I kept hearing was, come on, Carly, come on, Carly. Who are we sitting with here today? I'm sitting with my pap and my grandma. So, Carly, how did this all start? First of all, how old are you? I am 13. This is my second year racing. My dad was actually a sprint car racer here. He raced the 270s, and at Mercer, he got into a bad accident, so he was done for that, and I kind of just got into that. So it didn't come by accident. I mean, it's a family thing, and now uh, you get to spend a whole lot of time with Dad, right? Yeah, so my brother used to race dirt bikes as well, so then I'm a third-generation driver. So my pap was a driver, my dad's dad was a driver, and then my dad was a driver, and then I'm a driver now. So, again, we're sitting here with your grandparents. We already know how much time you spend with your dad. There is a very famous local race car driver around here. He's in a couple of halls of fame named Lynn Geisler. Geisler said to somebody a long time ago, and my friend Don, who's the host of this show, has repeated it over and over, name me another sport where a teenager can't wait for the weekend to be able to spend time with their family. I have no idea. There, this sport is an amazing sport, and I, this sport is just an absolutely awesome sport. There is no other words to explain it. There, it's so fun to come out, out on the track. You're racing with your friends. It's all about just good sportsmanship, and there's, it's just awesome. It's an amazing track. Carly Miller, you're going to hear a whole lot more about her as time goes on. She's only 13, guys. Listen to that, right? Again, this is Jim Zufall reporting for Rapid on Racing. Yeah, the first of what is hoped to be many interviews with some of the women of Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, specifically some of the competitors. But we're going to start with someone who isn't a competitor. She is the assistant pit steward at Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, also the queen of the blackboard, and the person that sort of keeps everybody in line, Melissa Daly, joins us. Melissa, this was your idea. Uh, you came to the conclusion, as most of us did, you look at that sign-in sheet every week, and I think we did a little math and came up with about a dozen or 13 competitors women competitors on a regular or semi-regular basis at the Speedway. Is that, that sound about right? Yes, we've gotten a lot more female drivers in in all divisions, late models, pro stocks, hobby stocks, open fours, and some new young guns. And you interact with most of them at the pit board. Let's, let's discuss why, you know, why the attraction, why this Speedway has brought so many women to one place. I'm not sure. I don't know if it's because we have a lot of female drivers here. We've had a lot of female drivers, Carly Kovacs for Young Guns. She did a phenomenal job, and then she moved up classes, and I think everybody just followed that step. And it's nice to see women drivers. Well, there isn't any question. I mean, obviously a male-dominated sport. Uh, You go back probably 50, maybe 60 years, women weren't even allowed in the pit area of most speedways. And now we have them not only in the pit area with their children, now they're competing, and it, it can only be good. Oh, it's wonderful. And, I mean, you can see these women working on their own cars, too. Um, you have Chelsea Kriegich from the Modified. She drives her own hauler in every week when you see her. And that's the, the really cool thing about it. These aren't just ladies who are tagging along with their husbands and, and, and you know, not doing the work, just jumping in the car and driving. This really isn't a novelty. These girls are serious, right? Oh, yeah. You can see them checking tires. You can see them checking their engines. You can see them doing everything. So it's it again. It's a male-dominated sport without question. And you know, here you are working. Uh, you know, you replace Bobby Neal, who was here forever. Mostly men down here in the pit area. Do you feel like the girls might be intimidated at all? Not really. They stick up. They stick up for themselves, and they run just as fast as the guys do. 
How about in their interactions in the pit area? I mean, you see it up close there at the pit board. They're all friends. They're all, they all interact with each other well. Future look good for, for all these ladies and maybe more? I would hope it does. I would hope that we pick up more female drivers. Melissa Daly, the assistant pit steward of Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, has joined us, and we hope you can continue to join us here on Rapid on Racing as we talk about all the women competitors here and talk to most of them here on Rapid on Racing. Number One Cochrane has created a new way, a faster way, an easier way to buy a car. Now you can complete as much of the process as you'd like online and spend less time in store or do it all online and get home delivery. Expressway is way easy to use. Just shop our nearly 20 new car brands and thousands of pre-owned vehicles to find the model that's perfect for you. We're big on transparency, so you get our best possible price up front. We call it our clear-cut price, and it's independently validated by Kelly Blue Book right on your screen. Our experts are standing by to help you throughout the entire buying process. You can also stop at any time, save where you are, and come to the showroom to pick up where you left off. Don't love your new vehicle? Don't worry, we'll take it back, no questions asked. Best of all, Expressway is open 24-7. That means you can buy your way with Expressway right away. Number one, Cochrane. See it all at Cochrane.com. And now more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Howie Bayless. Race hands, right now we're going to grab a word with a driver who has two super late model wins at the Jennerstown Speedway. The pilot of the ABR Industries, number 51, Owen Halp. Owen, welcome to Rapid on Racing. Thank you for having us on here. Owen, a great year so far. Two for three going into this Saturday. And... In your wildest dreams, you picked up the career first win last year and your second year behind the wheel, but did you think the third year you'd be this successful this early in the year? Uh, we knew that we were going to do a little bit better than last year because we changed a couple things on the car, and we were just trying to get the car better, but we would never thought that we would get two so far out of three races. And it takes a total team to do that. you got to have the car, you got to have the engine, you got to have the driver, and... When you came out of the go-karts, you went right into the late model division. What made you decide to do that versus going into a pro stock or working your way up? Um, that had the idea is if we jumped in like a lower class, then I would get bad habits from that class. So we just decided to jump straight up into this. And the first year was a learning year. You, you had your ups and downs. You had some top fives. You picked up a heat race win. And then, like I said, the progression last year, you picked up the feature win. Now, two for three going into the fourth week of racing. What could be any better than that? Um, I don't think they could get any much better. Just hoping that we can get a couple more wins this year. Maybe go for top three in championship. Right now, you put your name as the man to beat for the championship. I mean, you look at the history here, and one thing, your family is greatly enriched in the history of Jennerstown Speedway. Your dad was the crew chief for your uncle Dave Halp, who won the 200 lap here one year. He was always a top runner, and you're related to the Dunmires, the Beams, and a whole bunch of other racing families. But how hard is it carrying that tradition along with you? Um, it's kind of hard because you want to keep it going, try to 
keep on winning and prove. And last year you made the switch over to a Ford body. Your first year you were in a Chevrolet. Did you notice any change as far as the bodies go here at Jennerstown? No, not really. It's just, well, you're just getting sponsors and all that, and most of them are all Ford guys, so we just switched over to Ford. Now, when your uncle had a lot of success, he was running a Dodge. Did you guys ever think about going after the Dodge deal again? No, not really. And let's go ahead and talk about the team and the sponsors that make the number 51 go around the track. Uh, Team-wise, mom and dad help a lot. A lot. Uh, Josh Brocker, Mickey Morocco, and there's a couple other Christian Bender that comes a couple days throughout the week. But sponsor-wise, I want to thank ABR Industry, Morocco Welding, uh, Lake Road Truck Repairs, Tussman Vac, Flooring Solutions, Blinds and Blinds by Marcy, uh, ABR or Dynamic Auctions, uh, Friends of Cool, Grandma and Pete, my pap and grandma, uh, Saferno Well Service, and I think that's all of them that I can think of. TriStar. TriStar is one of them. Now, your Uncle Dave used to race in the late model. Was he able to give you any driving advice, or the technology just went so far past from where he was? Uh, he gave me a couple little bit of advice, like when he, we came down here in practice, going into the corner, I was going in a little bit too early. He said about me staying up a little bit higher, then turning. But other than that, he really didn't give us any other advice. Now, you came out of the go-karts, which is kind of a crate motor deal, too, into this car with, with the late model. That is a crate motor. Do you think the throttle control and put a premium on handling that benefited you because you're able to make that go-kart handle so well short wheelbase yeah it helped a lot because in these you want to be smooth on the throttle or throttle you want to roll out of it going in and roll into it coming off so if it helped a little bit now owen do you have any plans to go to any other tracks this year or are you just going to focus uh this year on jennerstown Oh, uh, we might go up to Berlin Speedway up in Michigan or over or down to New Smyrna next year for Speed Weeks down in Florida. And one thing we're talking about, the history of how racing, you actually went and got your uh, your Uncle Dave's old hauler. You got the old uh, furniture truck out. Yeah, it was a little bit of project throughout the winter, but we finally got it done and it's here. And it has to be pretty cool, you know. Old school meets new school. I mean, not many guys have a truck quite like this. Yeah, it for sure gets the looks pulling in the races. Now, were you around when your Uncle Dave was racing, or you were just a little baby and don't really remember? No, I wasn't even around yet. Where did the uh, number 51 come from? Uh, it's just whatever number that was on the car when we first bought it, and we just left it how it was. And... Do you still get to do any go-kart racing at all? No, but I've been wanting to go do one or two races here in a short bit. Well, race fans, he's getting ready to unload the car. I'd like to thank Owen Halp for his time. Be sure to check out the number 51 ABR Industries Halp Flooring Solutions late model at the Jennerstown Speedway. Thanks, Owen. Yep, you too.
He's out of the car. Let's give a round of applause. Daryl Lanigan here at Victory Lane. Daryl, congratulations. I'll tell you what. Just a couple days ago, you were sitting at home running your uh, running a super that was the last car you built. And then Brian Dockerty said, you know what? I need a driver for a race. So he figured he'd call down to the old... Uh, the old World of Outlaw champion there that he had a lot of success with, with Integra Shocks, and said, listen, we got a pretty good hot rod here. What do you say, Daryl? Yeah, like I said, I can't thank Brian enough. We've always had a lot of success together, and uh, for him to call me and come up here and drive his car made me feel pretty proud. So uh, it's a great deal. It's been a long time. <laughs> now, you know what this car's nickname is. I mean, you built the Club 29. This is 10,000. Yeah, it definitely uh, It's a good hot rod. It's a really good piece there. Third $10,000 win on this car. And I know pressure is nothing new to you. I mean, you've tracked crisscross the United States, raced all over. But when you got somebody like Brian and Dirk calling you to come wheel their car, and it's this car doesn't come out except it's for special occasions. That's what he told me when he when he called me. He said, this car don't lose now. You know that, right? <laughs> so he put a little pressure on me, but... Uh... It turned out great, like I said. It was a hot, good hot rod. We can move all over the racetrack. So, uh, like I said, I can't thank Brian enough and all the crew. I mean, they've pitched in and helped out a ton. So, uh, thank Integra and all them guys for helping out. Like I said, we've always had a lot of success with Integra, and to come back with little Brian and get a win, that was awesome. And like I said, Dirk and, and the whole team over there, and Beckman Chevrolet, they're one of the primary sponsors on this car. And, you know... It's great for you, but we're here to celebrate the life of Jeff Sturbutzel. And from what I understand, you were one of his favorite drivers. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. That's an honor. And, Daryl, why don't we go ahead and just talk about this crew that helped bring this number one to Victory Lane. Yeah, like I said, I can't thank them guys enough. They had faith in me. I haven't raced in probably a year now and to come up here and drive their hot rod and uh, put it in Victory Lane. Like I said, pretty awesome night. Right now, I'm going to ask for Jennifer Sturbutzel, Josh Sturbutzel, and Danica Sturbutzel, and the whole Sturbutzel family, please come on up. And I'm also going to ask for everybody here in attendance, let's give a round of applause. One of the greatest late model drivers known to man, Daryl Lanigan, goes into the record books as the first ever winner of the Jess Sturbutzel Memorial. Thank you very much. Tomorrow all the things were gone I'd work for all my life And I had to start again With just my children and my wife I thank my lucky stars To be living here today Cause the flag still stands for freedom And they can't take that away There ain't no doubt I love this land 
of Minnesota to the hills of Tennessee, across the plains of Texas, from sea to shining sea, from Detroit down to Houston, and New York to L.A., where there's pride in every American heart, and it's time we stand and say. The staff at Rappin' on Racing would like to thank our marketing partners, Curtis Power Solutions, Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, Alternative Power Sources, Zarin Truck and Automotive, and RPS Financial Solutions. Without these companies, Rappin' on Racing would not be possible. State's number one motorsports talk show. Today's program was brought to you in part by our marketing partners. Recognized by the Eastern Motorsports Press Association as one of the top racing shows in the Eastern United States. Have a great week and be sure to tune in for another installment of Rappin' on Racing. Stand on it. Come on, y'all. Stand.